We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Principles to maximize your chances at winning in best ball with an elite quarterback. That is what we are going to talk about today on the show. We're going to break down some of Sean's guiding principles and see how we set up these lineups moving forward to maximize those chances of taking down some of the big contests like the underdog fantasy best ball mini of four, or if you're playing over at the FFPC, also you get the major best ball tournament over there. Sean, one that we were fortunate enough two years ago. We were fortunate to come in second place, so we've been even more fortunate to come in first place. Our good buddy Connor O'Driscoll edged us out in that in a 1-2 finish for Rotoviz, but we are going to attack that again this year. Looking forward to that. And as we kick off the start of the show, Sean, I think it's a perfect time to mention it. I did say that we are approaching episode 600, likely to be next Friday's episode of Rotoviz OT. To mark the occasion, we are going to... I've got a, a couple of emails about these, Sean, over the last couple of weeks. We thought it was the right time to pull it out. We're going to do some more Rotoviz overtime listener leagues as we draft against another 11. Myself and Sean teaming up to draft against 11 listeners, I guess we'll say. There's sometimes they're co managed teams that may be more than 11 people, but that is on the agenda, Sean. So the FFPC is the plan. They have two basketball contests this year. One is the $125 contest, one then being the super flex format, $35 entry in that one. Again, we had some success in that over the last couple of years. So we're we're hunting these down and we're looking for some first place finishes, but we are also looking to have a lot of fun in what I think are some of the most competitive leagues that you can ever draft in. And that is the Road of His OT community leagues because they know exactly what we are trying to do in each and every draft as they listen in to, as I mentioned, almost 600 episodes of Road of His Overtime. Sean, anyone that is interested can send me an email at overtimeireland at gmail.com. You can send it across on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. But let me know if you're interested. We are planning to do those in the next two to three weeks. Those drafts likely to take place on Sundays afternoon time Eastern. But let me know and I'll fill you in on some of the additional details. So, Looking forward to getting into those draft rooms. Sean, are you ready for the challenge? I am. And as you mentioned, these are some of the best possible leagues out there. We've done a lot of content on the players. We've done a lot of content on the tactics. The other writers at the site are absolutely fantastic. We rely very heavily on them as well. The tools that Mike Beers built 
are delivering championships and tournament wins to listeners and viewers, subscribers all the time. We know that the subscribers had massive seasons last year. So that part was really exciting. Yeah, so the, the field in those 12-team leagues will be very, very strong. Speaking of strong fields, Colin, the other thing that I'm very excited to announce is that yesterday, and I guess by the time this releases, two days ago, Peter Overset and I launched the Best Ball Banana Stand show, which is live underdog drafts on Wednesday. The audio will be on Rotoviz Radio and so I just encourage everybody to sign up for the best ball feed. We may have a unique feed for that specific show a little bit later. It helps us, obviously, when you subscribe to those. The listeners have just been incredible about that over the years, so we really appreciate it. But I'm really excited about that one. We had some OT listeners in that group, and they did a great job. They took some of the targets that Pete and I had. But that show is going to be a lot of fun. We'll be drafting to try and win the $3 million dollars or come back and uh, do what King Cap did last year, win the regular season title. Another challenge out there. They've increased the regular season prices, but the top prize is down to a half million, which I don't know about that. I don't know. A, a cool one million is... I, I think we'd still split it. I think it would be okay. I will put a link into today's show notes for anyone looking to have a quick access to that best ball feed to be able to get that show once that audio goes live. Obviously, subscribe to the Rotoviz podcast feed, but check out Pete's work as well. I know he's charging towards 15,000 subscribers over there, so head on over and make sure you are subscribed to get all them episodes of Sean if you're wanting to get in on the live action. But Sean, lots of notes and takeaways from that that we will get into. We're going to talk about the takeaways from your article here, but the big takeaway I had was that you said that that was your best chance to win the big money this year over at Underdog. What about uh, what about these drafts that we were doing? I thought we were the best chance here. No, is that well, Colin? I thought you were going to bring up the fact that the shoe is on the other foot. That was the next note I was going to get to. I it enjoyed is. Sean sometimes wondering who's in the queue, what's available here. Mm-hmm. Every time that I was a little bit uncertain at who had been drafted and who hadn't been. I was like, we just need to throw in one of these images of me letting the clock run down on column and being like, was there less filibustering on this uh, episode? <laughs> Pete didn't filibuster me, no. So it was definitely my, my goal. My we... goal is to get Pete to have at least one episode where he filibusters on all the picks and Sean can really feel those seconds ticking down. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. We'll have to get, we'll have to, get him to do that. <laughs> But I do think at the, at this present moment in time, I think that is some of our listeners' most favorite times is to see that clock ticking down. So we'll keep that going over here. That is for sure. But Sean, getting into the action, getting into the details that we hyped at the start of today's show, it is the principles to maximize your chances at winning with an elite quarterback. This will be up on the roadofis.com website by the time you are listening to today's show. I always recommend that we will talk through some of the details here, the overlay, some of the thoughts, but... As with all of Sean's work, all of the work up on Rotoviz, lots of images in there, lots of information pulled, as Sean mentioned a moment ago, from those tools that Mike Beers created that are up on rotaviz.com, trying to help with your structure, trying to help with the win rates, lots of stuff in there, including information on the stacks. And we will touch on some of that on today's show. But Sean, the key 
You have five principles in this article. Are we giving away all five on this episode of the show? We can give away most of them. There's also another one that not really a principle, Redacted. but a reason for approaching it this way that I was thinking about this morning, which is really, I think, the motivator for me. So this all started. And in case we haven't been clear enough, these are the five principles that will help you maximize your win rates, launch your underdog BBM4 team into the stratosphere, specifically when you're using an elite QB build. And the reason that I bring that up and kind of what spurred this for me was that Michael Dubner has a great piece up on the site right now that you want to check out first that talks about whether or not you want to chase those elite QBs up the draft board or whether elite QB has jumped the shark. He goes through a lot of the different pieces of evidence on both sides and I think gives a great discussion of the issue there. One of the things that I think is pretty interesting is that when you look through both the success of elite QB and you think about the value of stacking, and one of the things I mentioned in the article is that our tools show a much bigger advantage to stacking in 2022 than there had been previously. There are a variety of reasons for that, but it is connected to this elite QB element where because we've had the NFL really sort of deteriorate into a haves and have nots. And you have teams that are willing to pass the elite passing teams, the elite juggernauts who are willing to pass even when they're ahead. And then you have the, the losing teams who more or less are just trying to manage the size of the loss or are tanking for top picks in next year's draft. So they're running even when if they wanted to win games, they should be passing. You have some different elements here, but certainly it's the combination of an elite QB with an elite wide receiver hitting at the same time that was probably the biggest and most important dynamic of 2022 in terms of separating that year from some other years that we've had so you look at that you pull up the stack explorer it's one of really like five tools that comprise the advanced rate explorer and you can see that josh allen with stefan diggs last year 35.7 percent playoff advance rate which obviously is pretty crazy last year they were at 22 percent, so 2021 but that's obviously still very good but not nearly in the same range that it was just last year you pull up patrick mahomes with travis kelsey 41 percent playoff advance rate again these are just astronomical yeah i mean they're mind-blowing numbers the previous year was 11 percent. so the actual outcomes that you had with a Mahomes-Kelsey stack in the last two years. Very, very, very different. Both of those are actually trumped by that Eagles build, where because there were concerns about Jalen Hurts as a hybrid QB, where's the passing volume going to come from? What can Devontae Smith really do if A.J. Brown is also there? You had prices that allowed you to add all three of those players at <laughs> a very nice price tag to yourself. The three-player stack, so all three guys, over 51% playoff advance. So you think about that, and you know that, number one, 2023 is just going to be different in general. And then number two, the players involved in those stacks are going to be much more expensive. So even if they came out and did the exact same thing, it's going to be mitigated at least to an extent. Certainly not entirely. They scored so many points, you would still definitely want those players on your team. 
But because the prices are different, you're going to be looking at slightly different outcomes when you look at advance rate. So we kind of put all that together and Michael is looking at a variety of these things for his article and saying, do we want to chase these guys up? And I don't want to give away too much of the conclusion, but probably if it were a case where it's like, definitely don't do it, then you know we wouldn't have a follow-up article talking about the five <laughs> concepts that'll allow you to supercharge that. For me, and, and so I, I have this team, it's a Josh Allen team. And part of what I do in going through it is look at how my team fits with the principles that I think that you can use. But there's going to be a, a follow-up piece looking at actually doing it with hyperfragile, which is a much more tenuous kind of build even than the zero RB-ish build that I discussed in the first article. And partly what happened is that I go and I draft an underdog. And obviously, if you guys want to join us over there, you can use the coupon code ROTOVIZ to get 100% deposit match up to $100. It helps you. It helps us. But the point here is I'm going and I'm drafting. I'm trying to win the BBM4. I get into the draft. And I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to draft this to write a specific article. I'm going to draft to win this league. And then we're going to look at how that fits with the roster construction explorer, how that fits with the advanced rate explorer. And how do we put all these pieces together to make sure that this specific draft works in a way that allows us to win within the constraints of the draft slot, the players who are available, all of that kind of thing. But the funny thing about it was that I had drafted this Josh Allen team and I mostly still want to keep my exposures skewed in the range of window QB. I feel very strong that that's going to be the way to win again. Obviously, that's what King Cap did last year with Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. You want to find the next version of those guys as opposed to chasing them up. One of the things that is just so hard, I think, emotionally about zero RB is that every year we've got to find new guys because once those players hit, then they're priced out. Now, there are going to be some guys who never really trusted maybe third down backs you can continue to draft them as zero rb options but usually when your guys hit you can't draft them again and now we're having a little bit of that same experience with the elite qbs but so then i'm asking myself well if i don't really want the elite qbs how did i get in this situation where more or less in consecutive drafts now there were a couple other ones in there too but i do a josh allen build and then i do a jalen hurts build and partly what happens there is that A.J. Brown and Stephon Diggs are fairly compelling, especially if the running back targets you have are off the board there. And Colin, frankly, even if the running backs are a little bit higher ranked, which they are in my personal rankings, I mean, you get started in these drafts, you're like, do I really want to start an anchor RB team in 2023? So sometimes you, you draft the wide receiver anyway, just because that part of it you actually prefer. Well, so you get that guy, and then you get into the second round, and the second round, once Amon Ra is gone, I mean, who do you like? Colin, we know that Chris Olave is a pretty good option. Connor, who, I mean, you mentioned Connor, anything that he does is a must-read. Olave features into one of his recent articles, but, I mean, is it just me, or once you get past Amon Ra, are you looking at the second round and already saying, Actually, I can make a luxury pick because I don't like anybody here. I agree 100% with that. And I'm just going to tailor this back to compare this year's drafts to last year's. And obviously, quarterbacks weren't as high at this time last year. But we talked a lot about when you were having that early first round pick that the, my preferred draft strategy at the back end of the second round was to try and get A.J. Brown and T. Higgins in pretty much every single draft. 
But then those guys have obviously had, obviously Higgins had his issues at points last year, but we know that AJ Brown has, has moved much, much higher. And then basically what we're left with is the players that are gone after that Amon Ra point are the next tier. There's there's a definite tier break at that point towards the the back third of the, the second round this year. And I, I don't think that was as obvious last year because I think people were drafting players at the start of the second round maybe that we did not want to target last year. So I think there's a combination of things. People are getting smarter with their drafting. People are letting, for example, some of those veteran running backs fall into the third and fourth round. And I, I think that's then what has led to some of the quarterbacks being pushed up, but also to have a second round pick at 211 that feels like there's nothing here to pick but quarterback. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we know we don't really want the QB, but when you have Stefan Diggs going with Josh Allen, it's so tempting. When you have AJ Brown going with Jalen Hurts, is so tempting. So that the part is the part of but the it other for part me. of it. That's sorry to interrupt. Is that is tempting for us? But you can imagine that every single person drafting that is tempting. So even when we're looking at these rates for last year for people who you know the stacks that were successful when everyone is drafting this year there's going to be a lot more of those stacks with you know similar roster constructions through those opening two to three picks that i think is going to make some of the differentiation you know a little bit trickier to find as the draft goes along and so that that leads us perfectly into the concept of the article where once we do that and we've made the really pretty i'll just say iffy right choice to take a qb that early then I think that you have to do a variety of things to maximize that build. And the first thing that we want to do, and this isn't going to come as a surprise, but you then need to load up on the receivers. You need to have a very wide receiver heavy build through those first six rounds. So you pull up the RCE, you look at heavy wide receiver four in the first six with an elite QB. And you see that over the last couple of years that had a 26% playoff advance rate for two QB 
which again, almost certainly is what we're going to want in this format when you have an elite QB. The semifinal and final advance rates also excellent. You contrast that to if you have an elite QB with a couple of running backs early, the playoff advance rate falls to 18%. And that's still solid. But one of the things that we have to remember is that elite QB was unusually good in the past year and that the quarterbacks are more expensive. So we've got to make all of those adjustments when we think about it. You can say to yourself, well, I'm now, that still seems like a, a fine advance rate. That's not too big of a penalty. But the contrast there in terms of what you're going to need to do in the future to make it work is very significant. So that's the first thing is that we want to take wide receivers there. And then, column the second part with it, and I mentioned Michael Doomer's piece kind of spurring this one, but also some past work that he has with the Best Ball Bible. That's an article from last season, but there's so much stuff in there that you still want to go and check out. He and Blair worked through a variety of pieces of research on the stacking and the strengths and weaknesses of it. When we're looking at these elite QB builds, we want them to be fully game stacked up. And one of the things we talk about in this piece, and one of the things that I think makes it a more challenging and more fun puzzle as you're in the draft itself but then also again gives you the opportunity to supercharge your team in a way that maybe some others aren't you talked about how these teams are going to be in just so many drafts you're going to have so many travis kelsey patrick mahomes alan diggs hurts brown teams that if you want to take that and even if it hits you're going to need to do some things to separate yourself if you have the week 16 game fully played on both sides, as well as that week 17 game, and you have a lot of players from those games, then that's going to allow you to not only handle the one week kind of mini tournament element of the finals, but it's going to help you handle the semis as well. And there's so much emphasis on the finals and for good reason, but to get to the finals, that original advance rate just through the regular season is huge but then again the week 16 is huge so and if you can one, get one note on that that's interesting is particularly with the stefan diggs josh allen um like that had the massive advance rate that you mentioned but when we get to the finals then that because of the pl- uh, the, the not the playoff performance from the nfl season but the playoffs here in the semi-final stage that basically all those teams got wiped out and so that brings us to the, fir- the third principle, which is that we want our QB2 to be someone who is a great complement to the star. So we want that player to be inexpensive so it balances the total amount of assets that we're using to address that position. But we also want him to be a breakout candidate, and we also want him to be very stackable. Because we want to have a completely separate second game that could shoot out, that could launch us into the finals. So both launch us into the finals and then have a game that we're playing off of in the finals itself. That part of it, I think, is, again, really important because we don't want to create teams that have huge trade-offs. They're good at one thing, but they're really bad somewhere else. If everything works perfectly, then maybe this team magically wins $3 million, but the likelihood is that it finishes 10th in its own league. And if it somehow is 
good that the first round of the playoffs, it gets crushed because there are so many fundamental problems with it. We don't want to have those trade-offs. We want to build a team that is good at everything. And there's going to be some complaint or criticism that it's just not realistic or that if you're not aware of the trade-offs, then you can't be maximizing the things that you need to maximize truly. It's more of a compromised team. I guess I just don't agree with that. And that's why these five principles work together so well and why I'm emphasizing them so heavily. The The part that's actually maybe a little bit trickier is simply doing it in an actual draft because you have 11 other people that you have to contend with and you only get one of each 12 picks. So that part is tough. But it's also, again, one of the reasons why drafting is so fun. I think that, you know, Colin, I started drafting really heavily in 2008 in high stakes. Obviously, Rotovis started in 2013. We're many years down the line from that. And so thousands of drafts in. And there can be time periods within that where the drafting starts to feel a little bit automatic, in part because for so many years, drafters were giving us such easy questions to answer. It's like, what do you want to do? Well, if you build a zero RB team here, then your chances to win versus everybody else are fantastic. It doesn't mean you're going to win. You're still just one of 12 teams, and you're going to face a variety of things with injuries, a potential for another team to hit on the perfect draft, uh, just very player-specific. But you know what you need to do to maximize your chances, and you know which players are undervalued because you have all of these exploitable areas that haven't been closed yet. Well, those things are no longer really the case in 2023, and yet I think that's fantastic because best ball, and specifically big tournament best ball, forces us to answer a lot of new questions. The fact that the drafting community has caught up to some of the structural elements, again, forces us to answer different questions. And so for me, drafts have become much more alive again. And drafting has always been fun. But I think that drafting in 2023, in, in so many ways, is this fresh experience. There's a lot more answers to find, uh, I think. As you mentioned the thing of answering questions during a draft. I think when we talk about, I guess, the elite quarterback option becoming more popular, I know it's baseball, but for example, you know, we went to quarterbacks being drafted back when you were talking about 2008 2009 goes to late round quarterback and then now because there's a new format it's kind of shaking things up again and because of the success of some of these stacks last year they are being pushed up even higher and that again is going to be interesting to see when it plays out you often talk about you know the running back apocalypse and how that changed things slightly at that particular a lot at that particular time but this may be the season where people have gone for the elite quarterback and it may be a case the whole way look back, people will be saying, well, we shouldn't have done that. We, we really shouldn't have done that that year. It did not work out for us. Well, one of the things that Michael discusses in his article, and I think is a really important point, is that 2022 is actually a low-key QB apocalypse. And that the window QB They were all injured. Yeah. I, I mean, you have some guys who were I mean, at the very front of the QB window in Burrow and Hertz, and at the very back of the QB window in Lawrence and Fields, who blew up. But and that also makes guys people that, think that the guys who finished well with high scoring are so much more valuable than the rest of the guys. Exactly. So because you have all of these other options, and you think about it too, if you've got a couple of pass-oriented QBs who are not going to have as high a ceiling, 
but you have them set up very nicely to be complementary, and you have them set up very nicely in stack situations to where when they hit and when their teams hit, they're going to have games that work out for you very nicely. Well, once you know you're down to one of those players because of the injuries, then obviously te your team is not nearly as good. There were tons of situations last year, Colin, where you could have been down to zero quarterbacks, and suddenly it's not merely a matter of like, you know, did I pick a quarterback in the right spot of the draft? You're like, I just would like any points from a healthy player. So the QB apocalypse last year was the other part of that that created this massive gulf between these guys who are scoring at such a high level and everybody else. It's not to say that it couldn't happen again, but you do want to be aware of the specific context, the specific scoring environment and the specific player results in any season that create dynamics that are a little bit unusual. And that's one of the great things about the roster construction explorers is you can go back and you can look at the FFPC RCE. We still have the fanball RCE up. And even though that format isn't as popular now, one of the great things that you can do with the tools is you can look through all of the years and see the shape of the scoring in those years and how it influenced the types of structures that you would want. So you can see what elements of drafting tend to be fairly stable, what elements of drafting tend to be very upside, but occasionally the overall shape of player scoring will undermine them and go through the different process like that comparing year to year. Whereas if we're just thinking about 2022, it's so hard to separate even emotionally and psychologically from the specific things that happened that were unusual. And you know, the human thing is to actually chase the unusual elements, but that's probably not going to be what actually works for you. But in terms of saying, what are some specific things that happened last year that people might consider chasing? We go back to this idea of a QB2 who is inexpensive and how that fits with the expensive QB1. Last year, when you look at those two QB builds, and this is for all of the two QB builds, not the ones, like I mentioned, with uh, wide receiver heavy that are even better, but just all of those builds, when you have that second QB in that round 11 to 14 range and those specific rounds through there, and again, it's going to be influenced by the players who were there, but those guys were the perfect complements, and you had a win rate over 23%. You had a semifinal advance rate of almost 3%. That was the way to play it last season. And there are reasons to believe that if you're going to do the elite QB, that you want to approach it that way again. And then we also call them want to think about the specific guys who are available this year and what our board says. And one of the things that can get lost when you are really emphasizing structural drafting is the element of knowing your own board. And if you have a guy who is not in the QB window ranked as your quarterback nine, then are you going to say, well, I want window QBs. I'm not going to draft my quarterback nine, even though he's in round 16, round 17, because I know structurally that hasn't worked. I mean, that would be ludicrous, right? I mean, you're being given this opportunity to draft a guy that you have ranked higher at this huge discount. The thing that you want to keep in mind is more about exposures and like how high do I want to get on that player when the rest of the community is telling me that I'm wrong. Now, one of the things that has been so successful for us at OT and at Rotoviz is that these high leverage players who are massively discounted have hit at a very high rate. 
but hitting at a very high rate is a very different thing than hitting at 100 percent right so you you are going to miss on players that you are way out of the mainstream on if you weren't going to miss on those guys ever then i mean they just simply would be ranked higher right so you have to be aware of the risks and i mean the most obvious name that comes up and colin this was kind of the fun conclusion to the show with pete yesterday is we get to the end and the running backs are mostly wiped out we went with the two tight end build which i mean the hard part about the two tight end build this year is that if you want to take trey mcbride at the very end you want to take mike Kosicki at the very end and those guys are massively undervalued and and they could miss right so again you don't want to have extreme exposure but they give you an out at the end of virtually every draft where you can have a non-dead roster spot and especially at this time of the year when we don't really know how the backup depth charts are going to play out to not be throwing away your round 17 pick to not be throwing away your round 18 pick that has a lot of value because you're going to have a pretty limited number of players who are actually going for you at the end that was the sort of funny slash sad part of our super flex teams in the finals last year is that virtually none of our top five round picks were still playing in the championship week well that's not going to work right you, you got to maximize every single roster spot so we got down to our last pick and the question was do we want a Banakanda who we love to go with Brees Hall but then you're using two picks on New York Jets running backs and I mean, if that team ends up being in the finals and in the final 10 and Brees Hall is hurt and Abana Kanda has a big week, you're going to look back on that and be like, why? Why did we push away from the handcuff so much that we lost out on the $3 million because we didn't just do something that in many ways is straightforward? But Colin, what was what was the last pick? None other than our favorite quarterback with the... Uh... Who fits into this is that you know their second option with the extreme upside here you know? yeah so 100 sam howell and 100 sam howell in round 18. you also mentioned about balancing your exposures 100 is probably too high it is so there are going to be a few of these teams where you don't hit on a a sam howell but he's the perfect example of someone that you don't want to avoid simply because structurally it's not recommended, but you also want to be aware of the fact that if we're on Sam Howell as a value in round 12, which is about where I have him ranked, I believe, and most other drafters don't even want him in round 18, that's got to be something that throws up a flag for you and says, let's be aware of this. Colm, I do have to say that in terms of trying to value Jahan Dotson, he has been interesting in both Dynasty and in best ball. He's been the player that I have ranked in a spot that I still feel is fairly aggressive and he has an ADP that's reasonably favorable, and yet I have not been able to get him in virtually any drafts. Any draft that I am in is a pro Dotson draft. And that's you, strange that there a lot of people are pro Dotson, but they're not linking that with Howell, and they're definitely not linking with Brissett. Yeah, and I think that the thing you mentioned there is that they don't know that you can link it with either quarterback and if, if i guess if we link it. that back a little bit to maybe the seahawks wide receivers last year dk metcalf and we didn't know what to do with geno smith or drew lock even though we knew what to do with geno smith 
Well, well, fortunately, we knew what to do with Geno Smith. I think that this is a similar situation, even though Jacoby Brissett is thousands of miles better than Drew Locke. And so that does inject a little bit of a different type of uncertainty there. We had Patrick Corrine on the show. Definitely would encourage anybody who hasn't listened to that yet to check it out. Pat has raised some very important questions about Howell's safety there as a QB and mentioned the coaching staff situation and just the quality of Brissett as being issues. I mean, beyond obviously his massive success, Pat has always been, you know, one of my just two or three favorite analysts in the entire industry. I mean, he would never have had to win a contest of any size for him to be my absolute favorite. He's just a fantasy football genius and, and the, just the coolest person. So, I mean, that is something that I take notice of. I do feel like for myself that as I continue to look for holes in the thesis that I don't necessarily find them, at least yet, in that the enemy seems very enthusiastic about how when I look for information on Dotson, mostly what I find about him is him saying that Sam Howell is awesome. And so, I mean, if the, if the coverage of Dotson is more focused on Howell too, one of the reasons that I think it will be more difficult to move off of Howell to the backup if they lose some games than it might otherwise seem is that you get a very strong impression that Howell owns the commander's locker room. And if that's the case, you could say he more... commands it. <laughs> so in that situation, it's much more difficult, I think, for the coaching staff to make a move to a different guy than if the starting quarterback is someone like a Zach Wilson, where the players don't want to play with in the first place. And they've been telling everybody, look, I mean, this guy can't get the job done. We've got to make a move. This, I think, is the exact opposite situation. We'll see if that's the case. But anyway, Colm, I didn't mean to hijack the end of the show with Sam Howell. But those are some important things in terms of looking at the QB dynamic that you want to consider. There are a couple of other elements here, too, in terms of building out these elite QB teams. But when I went into reading Michael's article, I was pretty skeptical. When I have been thinking about how I want to approach 2023, I've been pretty skeptical. But then I find that when I'm actually drafting, I like it. When I read Michael's article, I believe in the things that he's looking at there. When I look at how you can put these complementary pieces together using the tools, using our overall philosophy, and even layering in the explosive upside of the zero RB options in 2023, then I find myself liking this approach a lot better. So I don't think that you want to go in without a plan. But if you have a plan that you like and are ready to really work at to execute, because you're going to have to be very present. And again, that tension of patience and aggressiveness that we talk about a lot, you're going to have to be engaged in these drafts to make it work. But I think that if you do do that, you could come up with a team where once you finish the draft, you're thinking to yourself, I mean, this is it. You're competing with hundreds of thousands of other people. And so, I mean, are you going to win? There are a lot of other competitors out there. But the way that you do it is by building a super team. And I think that we have that option. Yeah, I definitely do. And I think, again, a lot of the elements and the principles that you have in this are going to work whether it's elite or non-elite when we're talking about some of the principles the final two principles is sean kind of did talk through them about the adp values and so on it is that we want 
the non-stack players to be ranking and ADP values. We kind of want all the players to be that if we can, because again, the investment in that early round quarterback and then the early round stacks is is a lot put in and invested in that one team. And the last one, as we talk about Sean, pretty much all of the drafts when we're drafting running backs, the running back options should have extreme upside. And we'll be talking a lot more about that, I'm sure, over the coming months. It's kind of a something that is very common to be talked about but what i will do is have the link to today's or the article we discussed today of sean's in today's show notes if you want to check that out i mentioned at the start as well i'll have the link to the best ball podcast feed with sean and pete you can head on over subscribe to that get those once they are available that is going to take us towards the end of today's show but if you are signing up over at rotavis.com and you haven't already got an nfl pass to check out all of the content use all the tools again sean's article today has images off the tools, what he's found out, how it's you know used to find those conclusions. Dive into the tools, get involved. You can use the code RVRADIO2023 at checkout to save 10% off a one-year NFL pass. Get access to all of those tools. Get access to all of the content and articles up on rotaviz.com. That's going to close out our third show of the week. We will be back on Monday with another show. Looking forward to that. Again, if you have any thoughts that you want to try and get us to turn into shows send them my way as well if you're interested in drafting with us in the road of his overtime listener leagues over at the ffpc there is a 35 dollar entry there is going to be a 125 dollar entry contest if you are wanting to draft with us get in touch that is overtime ireland at gmail.com or at overtime ireland on twitter of course check out this piece and all of sean's work up on road and until we are back have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.